We look forward to seeing you at Two Days of Truth being presented by Beyond Labels. It's our fourth annual Two Days of Truth Summit. This year's theme is Detox is for Everybody. We're bombarded by everything from chemtrails to EMFs to pesticides, herbicides, even uh, toxic people. We're going to deal with all of these aspects at the Two Days of Truth Summit coming up. Sina, give us the final information. I'm really excited about this summit. I think this is going to be our best one yet. It's June 14th and 15th at Polyface Farm. We have some fantastic speakers like Sayer G, the founder of Green Med Info, uh, Dr. Leland Stillman, who's been featured by Wise Traditions lately, Hilda Labrada-Gore, affectionately known as Holistic Hilda, you and me, of course, we also have, for the first time ever, a kids and teens program. So now the adults can enjoy the adult side while they know that their kids and their teens are having fun while also being educated by Joel, myself, and Hilda. It's going to be a blast. And this year, what we're going to do is we're going to actually teach you ancient and modern techniques for how to detoxify the body, mind, and spirit. And we're going to help you put together a personalized plan like an action plan that you can take home and start. As soon as you arrive home, you can implement this action plan and start your detoxing. You know, listen, folks, Polyface is only eight hours from half of the U.S. population. Take a long weekend, come join us, and uh, you'll rub shoulders with other like-minded people, find our tribe, and be encouraged. It's a lonely place out there lots of times, especially if you're a bit of a maverick. So come and spend time with other mavericks and get encouraged, inspired, and enthused about living a more healthy life. So I love the topic for this year, detoxification. It is one of the most important topics that we could ever address at our health summit. Because as Joel mentioned, everyone, every single person needs to know how to detoxify their body, mind, and spirit in order to achieve optimal health and wellness. So Lauren has written in and she says, I have always had a bit of a roadblock in my mind when it comes to fully embracing the whole idea of gardening, growing your own food, et cetera. I would love to hear from someone like Joel's wife or yourself who are preparing meals from these great ingredients and how it all plays out in your kitchen. In short, I want the juicy details. Ha ha ha. That was actually in the email. Like, <laughs> Um, I want to know what our farm families actually eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week. Because if we are eating with the seasons, aren't we sacrificing some level of variety? And how do we try to offset that? Because I know that mung bean sprouts are healthy, but how do I realistically incorporate that into our meals? And will my kids even go for it? I need all the life hacks from a seasoned veteran. Thanks for all that you do, Lauren Flatch. All right, amazing questions, Lauren. These are, each one of these questions can be its own podcast. We're gonna do our best to get to it. I've broken it down to the three main sections. The first is let's share what we actually eat. Then we can talk about does seasonal eating decrease variety and how we would combat that. And then we can talk about how to, ki how to get your kids to eat healthy foods. All right, does that sound good, Joel? <laughs> that sounds fun to me. Okay, so why don't you kick us off? Tell us what you eat, uh, maybe what you and Teresa eat, uh, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, seven days a week, as Lauren has posed. Yeah, yeah. well, um, I'm at the stage of life where two meals a day is fine with me. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't, we have, we have never, uh, and even from early on, 
uh, here on the farm. We we quit we quit fixing lunch uh, as a sit down you know special meal because I never she never knew when I was coming in and 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 you know it was just too uh, too much of an issue. So um, I've always eaten lunch as a catch as catch can uh, leftovers. You grab an apple, a slice of cheese. You grab a you know you just uh, if, if there's a little bit of leftover uh, whatever. Uh, you know, beef stew, soup, whatever, uh, some anything. You you just you just um, kind of catch as catch can. So so lunch is lunch is pretty much leftovers. And and I, by the way, I, I've uh, I've written lately. Uh, I don't know if you read it, but I've I've come to the conclusion that the one of the single biggest um, benchmarks of knowing that you get you get food is are you eating leftovers. Because if you're eating leftovers, it means you probably fixed a bunch of stuff and you had leftovers. Uh, the, the the single most uh, anti-family eating together component of our modern food systems is single service, single service packaging. Go to the supermarket and single service, single service, single service, and you got all that extra packaging and and it, and it, it it's conducive to just you know individual eating. So um, I actually asked Teresa last night. Um, to, to give me a few, a few, uh, uh, things. And so, um, so, you know, we, yeah, we do eat seasonally, but think about variety. Think about the variety. Let's just take eggs. So I, I have, I have pretty much eggs and sausage or, or bacon almost, you know, every single morning for breakfast. Okay. Breakfast is my favorite meal. I've always gone out, spent an hour doing chores, and um, and then I come in for breakfast. So I've already been up, out, worked for an hour, hour and a half, then come in for for uh, for breakfast. And um, so you know we always have uh, raw milk. Uh, I drink raw milk like water. Uh, no coffee, by the way. I've never I've never drunk a cup of coffee in my life. So uh, there you go. There's a weird one, isn't it? Um, and uh, and then and think about eggs. So so think about eggs. You can have. We thought about this last night. Um, you can have fried eggs, hard-boiled eggs, omelets, scrambled eggs, creamed eggs. That's a lot of variety for a single item. So I think, I think when you ask about variety, I think I think sometimes um, you, you can have you don't need as much variety in ingredient as you have in presentation. You can get a lot of variety in presentation. Uh, it doesn't have to be in in getting you know exotic uh, stuff and um, and, and so, you know, so then we look at the, you know, the, the dinner meal um, and, you know, what, what she said was, well, what do you have on hand? And there again, you know, we, we were struggling with this because both of us came from families that gardened and milked cows and we had our own butter and our own cottage cheese and our own yogurt and our own, uh, uh, you know, our basements, both of our houses growing up. We're full of canned goods that, you know, that our mothers canned. And, and of course, she helped more than I did in her house. But, um, and when we got married, we just, that's what we did. We, you know, she canned hundreds of quarts of stuff every, every year. And, and we have big freezers and we, you know, we froze corn, we froze peas. Um, and, and so a lot of it is, well, what's on hand? What's there? You know, has, has the butternut squash in the, in the root cellar, uh, is it still good or is it gone bad? You know, I mean, there's a lot of potatoes, butternut squash, uh, um, sweet potatoes, those kinds of things can be kept a long time, you know, after harvest. Uh, onions, you can keep onions for, you know, like three months uh, after harvest. So a lot of it is just 
what do you have on hand? And, um, and if you don't have anything on hand, uh, as we were talking about this, and I'll, I'll let you have a crack at this, Cena, but one of the things that, that I pointed out was, you know, if you buy, if you buy bulk, like if you buy half a beef or half a hog, you open the freezer and, 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 and you're not looking at a supermarket meat counter with with every kind of imagination out there. You're looking in your in your stash and you say, you know, what's there? And um and then and then you build up around it. Um so that's kind of I, I thought that was very helpful. And, and and it indicates that there's planning. Uh and in as we discuss this the thing that kept popping up is you, you can't you can't wait till I, I think I read a statistic recently that said something like 70 percent of Americans have no clue what they're having for dinner at four o'clock. Seventy percent of Americans, if you say it's four o'clock, what are you having for dinner? They just they don't have a clue. Now, you cannot. You cannot. Whatever, eat, eat with integrity if you don't have a clue at four o'clock what you're having for dinner. And so what kept coming up as I was grilling, as I was grilling her, as I was asking her uh, about, you know, what are your tips? And, and I've, I've got more, we'll, we'll get into the tips later, but um, it, it just kept planning, planning. You, you, you can't just spontaneously say, oh, you know, dinner's in 10 minutes. Guess what you reach for? Then you reach for the TV dinner, the hot pocket, the, you know, the, the DiGiorno's frozen pizza. So you, you have to, you have to plan ahead. I love that. I love it. Okay, I'll jump in, and, and then I want to hear Teresa's tips as well. Um, okay, so I'll have to say, so we think of variety differently. <laughs> so, when, so Joel sent me his uh, an email um, outlining his variety of eggs, as he just mentioned, different types of eggs you can make. And actually, when I got the email, I read it early this morning, like. If, I don't know, six in the morning. And I started laughing. I thought you were joking. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of funny. You know, like that's what a variety is, poached egg, scrambled egg, you know. But anyhow, I I, I understand your um, you know, your your perception on that. So um my perception on variety is yes, that is variety. When I'm preparing my foods, I go for a little different type of variety. Uh, and I Mine is based on, I do eat what is available locally, seasonally, if it's been grown using, you know, organic or regenerative practices. Okay. So I do support local farmers and I do eat that food seasonally, but what I really, and, and one, one big reason why I do that aside from supporting local farmers is because when you're buying locally in season, the food is harvested at the right time, right? It's when it's ripe versus in the grocery store when they're going to harvest it, like when the apple's not ripe, ship it somewhere and, you know, with wax on it and then maybe gas it to make it ripened. So when you pick it fresh, it has more of the optimal nutrient profile for, um, for optimal health in the human body. So I do try to consume that as often as possible. But what I really focus on is cycling my foods. So we know a lot of food sensitivities tend to be developed because we are consuming 
the same types of foods over and over again. And Joel, as you and I have discussed in, you know, in the book and even on podcast about, you know, I still call them farm subsidies. Um, that, that as a result of that, most of what you see in the grocery store is derived from, you know, corn, wheat, um, and soy, right? So we're not actually getting variety. When you go into the grocery store, most of it's just an illusion of variety. Um, so what I try to do is actually cycle my foods. Um, so say, say you only go into the grocery store to buy your produce it's going to be difficult for you to even recognize what is grown seasonally, right? Because you're almost always going to find apples in the grocery store, no matter what month it is. So how do you really know what's seasonal? So what I started doing was cycling my food. So I would eat apples for, you know, uh, not just apples, but I'm just saying like maybe an apple with a meal. I would do that for a couple months and then I would get off the apples. You know, I would do the same thing with like sweet potatoes. I, I rotate these foods in and out of my diet um, in order to prevent foods, food sensitivities from developing. Um, and there's another scientific reason, but we can get into that later. I, I think we should do a whole podcast on um, variety over time and in ancient cultures and what, what it looks like today compared to then. But my point is I cycle my foods and that is my main focus. If you just to, to specifically answer um, Lauren's question, if you just ate seasonally, uh, yes, you could actually decrease the variety of your food uh, because not everything that you would find in the grocery store is going to be grown locally, most likely. So if you only ate seasonally, you actually could decrease your variety. But on the other hand, if you went from a diet consisting largely of processed foods, and now you're like, I'm going to eat whole foods that are grown locally, you will probably increase the variety in your diet because most processed foods are made from, you know, the same handful of ingredients. So, okay, Joel, you look like you want to jump in. <laughs> 